Welcome to Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat with your hosts, David Clancy and Kieran Dunn. This is a podcast about high performance. What we are striving to achieve is to figure out what makes high performing individuals tick, why they do what they do and why they are successful. Enjoy a journey of stories, lessons and learnings. Welcome to Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat, episode number 78. Today we spoke to Gareth Hart, former editor-in-chief of News Talk, business all-star thought leader and communications consultant of Hart Media. Gareth has been involved in media since 1995, having produced for ITV, edited for TV3, ran the News Talk station as editor-in-chief and is now the MD of his own consulting company. In this episode, we talk about leaders that Gareth has admired and why. We discuss managing talent and how to let these individuals blossom whilst keeping a cohesive team unit. Themes such as trust and decision-making come to the fore. We talk about self-awareness, purpose and reflection, and the balance between working very hard and slowing down to pause. We really enjoyed this one. Thanks for joining us, Gareth, from one Common Purpose alumnus to another. Episode 78 is brought to you by Cool Slitters. You can find out more about their products online at www.coolslitters.ie. They provide quality GA hurling and football products and training equipment. We're very fortunate to know the people behind Cool Slitters, so we're always very grateful to partner with them. So thanks again, and please be sure to check them out. Hi, Garrett. Thanks for taking the time for joining us today. Whereabouts are you speaking from and how are you? Hi, good to speak to you guys, Kieran and, and David. Thanks for having me on uh, the podcast. Uh, I'm speaking to you from uh, a sunny Greystones uh, uh, this morning uh, and uh, looking out on uh, the Sugarloaf Mountain. So it's uh, picturesque and uh, looking forward to talking to you guys. That's kind of a funny turn of phrase. And a sunny grey stones, it's nearly a misnomer, right? Um, how have the last couple of months treated you, Gareth? And how have you, how have you handled what has been a tricky and uncertain situation? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm quite philosophical in, in, in most regards. Uh, when when uh, I'm asked this question, and really I go back to probably first principles that, you know, it's a public health issue public health pandemic so you've got to view it very much uh, through that lens and you know I, I i think where we're at now and as we're coming out of the the pandemic and, and hopefully you know not uh, to return to lockdown i'm reflecting on it actually as as a a moment in time because i've had great opportunity to spend time with my family my wife i have a 13-year-old daughter and 11-year-old son, uh, quality time uh, with them that will never happen again. The opportunity to reflect on my business, reflect on my professional uh, career and strategy has also been invaluable. Um, and while, you know, when, when the lockdown happened in March, probably didn't consider those uh, components, but certainly now uh, it's allowed me to reflect on lots of, lots of things that are going to have positive outcomes. And what do you realize now that's very important that you you maybe took for granted a couple of months ago? Uh, I think um, for me, 
it would be the fact that you don't need to be marching into the office for 8 a.m., having spent an hour in, in traffic, I suppose, pressure point of having to be at the desk at that time. I think we're going to all come out of this having a different perspective on our, our work-life balance. Uh, and that's very important to me uh, in terms of getting that balance right. But certainly, I think the, the priority will be not being in that, uh, let's call it the rat race of, of the commute every day would be one thing that would stand out. Gareth, over the last few months, we've sort of been given the opportunity to compare and analyze different leadership approaches and different information provision from governments. Has there been anyone who's stood out for you as being a benchmark of be, or have been of really high quality? Yeah, look, I suppose Jacinta Ardern in, in New Zealand has been the, you know, the standout on a, on a global stage and, and clearly the manner in which uh, New Zealand has handled the pandemic uh, is is uh, has been excellent. Uh, you know, I could argue that it's a very isolated country, and it was easier to do it. But I think you know our own government, the Taoiseach and Simon Harris in particular, and the Chief Medical Officer Tony Holland, they I think have been excellent in, in the manner in which they brought the country with them at a very very difficult time. That state of the nation address that the Taoiseach gave in, in the middle of March, you know, that was a really, you know, moment in time uh, speech where you thought, oh, this is uh, you know, this is actually serious now. But the open communication, the the daily briefings, the manner in which by and large the press were able to ask questions uh, and the you know, the the way in which the communication uh, vehicle was, was very transparent, I think, has helped the community and, and how we've dealt with the pandemic. The challenge is opening up the country, as probably was a lot easier to close it down. Uh, opening it up is a lot more challenging. And I think the, the leaders here and certainly... I know in, in New Zealand there's a general election coming up, so it'll be interesting to see... Uh, the opening up of the country from an economic point of view in New Zealand uh, and Ireland uh, is handled because I think that will be the true reflection on how leaders have handled the pandemic. That's excellent answer, Gareth. I suppose we've obviously touched now on leadership and you having steered the ship for many years throughout your career. What does leadership exactly mean to you? I think um, leadership to me has probably... A few different elements to it. I think uh, there's there's professional leadership, your work environment, and for me, when I led, when I was the editor in chief in News Talk, leadership to me was very much leading from the front. And while I was the editorial boss uh, for the entire station, my view was I wanted to be there first thing in the morning, five thirty in the morning, with the breakfast show to lead from the front. So that is important to me. And and, uh, if you want to be a leader, you've got to demonstrate that to your team. Disruptive leadership, I think, is another element. And again, it would have been a a key component of what News Talk was all about. You know, for us to succeed in, in media, we needed to be disruptors. We needed to be thought leaders. We needed to take chances on people, on take risks on issues that would cause controversy, but issues that we believed in, 
and that we had a purpose in everything we did. You know, so that would have been uh, another element to it. Leadership it sort of feeds into where I am now. Leadership on a personal basis is understanding when you need to change. And uh, you know, for me, that led me to make a decision after running Newstalk for 15 years that it was time to, to do something different because uh, complacency had become part of my everyday working. Uh, and, and that was something I felt that was going to impact on, on my leadership ability. Thank you very much for that. I, I'm curious as to having had that that role a couple of years ago, you would have had to handle a lot of creative, influential, I suppose, talented characters. Mm. And and how how can you go about managing a variety, a collection of those different individuals? I can kind of see that as a challenge in in the sporting world and the business world when you have a collection of different talented creative people and you're essentially trying to let them do their thing but you're having to keep the team kind of together, like that dynamic I'm curious about. Yeah, and again, lots lots of uh, people would ask me, you know, on, on the various characters and, and personalities that that were there uh, in News Talk. Two components for me, David, trust, uh, number one. You need to have a, 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 a very strong trust with, with the people and, that trust then allows you to be very frank with individuals, and if you need to take them to task, but that trust is there because uh, they understand it's a it's a two way relationship, uh, and that you're there behind them and, and you've got their back when they're in difficult situations. Then the second is decisiveness. I know the the for me these personalities uh, feed off requiring people around them to be very decisive because they need to perform. And in a live environment like a radio uh, studio or radio interview, you're you're very much their third ear or their coach. And, you know, that's where it probably would cross over in terms of sport. And, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd do some coaching my son's club here in Greystones, football club in Greystones. And, you know, again... Trust and, and decisiveness are two things I would bring to that as well. Brilliant. And building off that, has there been anyone that you have looked to for guidance or has been a role model in your career? Yeah, again, uh, there's probably two people, Kieran, my late dad in Donegal. As you, as you can hear, I don't have a Greystone's accent. So I'm originally from Donegal. My father was a, was a, was a, a, a TD for a number of years, but he, he was a huge advocate for social affairs, social rights, and would have always championed having a purpose in everything you do. You know, that it wasn't about the the position, it was about what actually you could give back. So he would have been a huge role model for me growing up. And then the the second person is Dennis O'Brien, who would have taken a punt on me at a very early stage in my professional career and effectively threw me into the lion's den of uh, running News Talk, you know, a national talk radio station, and had been a, a huge uh, mentor, huge influence, and I would you know, be happy to say that you know, he, he, he has been a, a huge positive factor on my professional career. 
Gareth, you touched there on mentoring and there's, there's so much talk out there, so many books written on coaching and tribe of mentors and who should be in your circle and what sort of influence you should look at. What's, what's your kind of take on, on mentoring? I, I'm a huge, huge believer in mentoring and the value of mentoring. And, you know, I think it's, it's, a, it's an undervalued skill and an undervalued service. Uh, and there should, be, there should be a lot more of it. it. You know, it very much should be, for me, I do some lecturing at DCU, DCU. And, you know, I talk about mentoring. I have three, I have three mentors I talk about. I talk about the Jedi. So the Jedi is the, so the person with all the wisdom through their years of experience who is going to provide insight into you, your industry, you know, and that they would help you hone your strengths and also open up that wider network to you. So they're the wise one. The second is the coach. That's the person who's always in your corner, talk you up to others and who's got your back, but who is also the person who is going to pull you up when needed and remind you of your priorities and, you know, for me, not losing sight of, let's say, a work-life balance. And then the third mentor is what I call the apprentice. So when we talk about mentors, we, we tend to think of them as an older person or a teacher, but it's very important to learn from people that you're mentoring as well, you know, even though... They may be a lot younger than you. Um, they may not have the same level of experience. But to hear those sort of fresh perspectives and feedback on your leadership style, you know, you're also engaging with the younger generation, and that's going to help you have keep fresh perspective and, and, and remain relevant. It seems you certainly learned well and mentored well over your career because I think it was last year you were awarded the Tri Business All-Star Accreditation. Uh, it came at a time when I, I least expected it. You know, I, I, I was asked to, to uh, put my name forward for it, which I did. And I was awarded a business all-star for thought leadership, which, you know, I, I'm hugely proud of, of having achieved. And, you know, it allows me to position myself in my new business offering, you know, pivoting the business skills that I had uh, amassed working in news talk and, and, and leading in news talk and you know that now I would work with companies and organizations that are going through times of challenge crisis and change and, and help them create the right strategy and and tone to communicate connect and influence with their their stakeholders and their clients so it all you know it was a nice it, it just was a nice uh, I suppose uh, an award that for uh, a recognition. Absolutely. Recognition of, of the value you've given to a lot of people, Gareth. Is, is there anything you know now that you wish you knew a little bit earlier in your career? I would... Uh, oh, good question. Good question. I think, that. I think you know, the measurement of success, and for me, you know, the, the measurement of success for me for, for lots of years had been uh, very much in a... Uh, one-dimensional approach and it was to do with business and, and achievement when in fact measurement of success success is multi-layered and your measurement of success has got to involve factors outside of your professional life you know your, your mindset 
your uh, your resilience, your ability to have a better uh, work-life balance that fit mind and fit body, uh, because they are all drivers and they're all accelerators to ensure you're going to have a stronger measurement of success. So so that I probably was very much driven and, and worked. You know, I, would, I keep saying I was a workaholic for because of 20 years. I, I'm still... I haven't taken the foot off the gas just yet, but when you're when you're going at a hundred miles an hour in a work environment, sometimes you just need to pull over to the hard shoulder and and reflect on it for a while. That's exactly what I was looking to build off. Um, next is you come across as someone who's very self aware of of how you're doing in your career and in your life because you mentioned going at a hundred miles an hour. Sometimes it can be difficult. You mentioned reflection. Are there any practices you particularly use to keep that self-awareness high? Yeah, look, I'm, I, I'm a big fan of mindfulness. I'm a big fan of, of just taking those moments and, and times in the day to uh, reflect on your own time and your own strategy. So that I'd be a big fan of, of, of that, Carol. I think fitness, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm not as fit as I was when I was younger, but uh, I'm, I'm still very conscious of of staying fit and also I think those giving back into the community um, I, you know I live in a great place here in, in Greystones great community great sports clubs and you know I think that's important giving giving back because I grew up in a great community in Donegal and you know I, I just want my kids to have the same feeling of growing up as I did when I grew up there Hey folks, thanks for listening to the first part of the episode. We hope you're getting some value from it. What we're going to do now is take a quick break. We're going to hear from a former guest, Holly Hustler. Holly joined David on episode number 69. We're going to hear about what Holly does. Hi, my name's Holly Hustler. I'm a London-based yoga teacher and sound healer. I used to be in a girl band singing cheesy pop tunes to thousands of people on the London O2 Arena stage. And I've now gone down a more healing path where I sing mantras and play crystal singing bowls and other beautiful instruments to people all across the globe. I have a podcast called Honestly Unbalanced with my husband, Adam Hustler, where we dig beneath the glossy exterior of the wellbeing industry. And you can find all of my information on my Instagram, which is I am Holly Hustler and on my website, hollyhustler.com. Very mindful that you you took a, a leap, a challenging leap a couple of years ago when you moved away from News Talk, having been there for a while and built it up to what it now is. What advice would you give to people of any age that are thinking of a career change, you know, managing that change? Maybe they're, they're in their second or third career or they recognize that actually this isn't what I thought it was. This isn't really what I want to do. I want to try something different. Obviously, you've you've kind of still followed a lot of your purpose and intention. You still obviously enjoy what you do. But I'm curious as to your thoughts on that whole question. I think, you know, I, I am a big believer in, in the fact that you need to create the purpose beyond the, the, the balance sheet. And that purpose allows you to have a, a more laser-sharp focus on your value, uh, and that's your contribution to society, not to be all esoteric here but you know we all have a contribution to make the place we live in a better place for people who are coming behind us and that's you've got to set aside time for that designing your own strategy 
to deliver on your purpose and understanding also that this is a living model. So that strategy is going to have disruptions along the way. It's going to have knockbacks. But if you've got a clear mindset, if you're resilient, resilience allows you to embrace those knockbacks. And then it's seizing the opportunity. You know, what's your game plan? You know, what's what are the impact plays you're going to create and the tactics to deliver your measurement of success? And for me, the risk was important to me because I walked away from a very high-profile job, a job I loved passionately and I still have a huge passion for commercial independent radio. I walked away from, you know, lots of, of very talented individuals, but I needed to disrupt my purpose and I needed to reinvigorate what I was about. And it's you know, making the decision that risk is good. Risk obviously is a challenge and it brings enormous change. But for me, and I'm still in the risk space because I, I you know, I set up my own consultancy business. So like any startup, you have your good times, your bad times. The pandemic comes along and you don't you don't plan for pandemics in your <laughs> in your business plan. Uh but that's an opportunity, so it's 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 seizing the opportunity now in in a, in a time of uncertainty. Absolutely, and look, we're talking a lot there about reflecting and, and looking back. I suppose I'm curious as to let's 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 flip it, let's pivot and look forward. Mm. You know, the next three five years, what are we going to be seeing Garrett Hart doing? Look, I think for me, it is to be to to be leading a a a, a company, Hart Media, that is a a leading strategic communications consultancy, as I said, working with companies and organizations on challenges and helping them communicate their story to their stakeholders and their clients. So that that's that's my you know that's my business goal. I think over the next three to five years, like I'm 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 very keen to to continue to contribute uh, what I can back to society and, and that for me is you know I, I do a lot of work under the radar with charities where uh, I'm just happy to help people uh, who I met over the years who were good to me at, at a time and, and give stuff back that way. So I don't have a grand master plan. Uh, look, I, I, I'm, I'm very family-orientated, uh, so my family is important to my, my, my siblings but also my, my wider family unit. And whatever, but get over the next three years, getting to Donegal within the next three months to meet my soon-to-be 90-year-old mother. That's that's probably top mm-hmm. priority at the moment. Yeah, get back up to Schlieve League or somewhere like that. Lovely part of the world. Yes, yes. In terms of your work-life balance, the life side of it, what keeps you busy when you're when you're away from things? What invigorates Garrett Hart when he's away from work? Sport. Look, I'm a mad sports fan, as we we. We talked about off air here on you know the we uh, see how important sport is to our everyday makeup. You know, even my my wife, who uh, has to suffer myself, my son watching Man City every every weekend. Said, <laughs> "Oh God, oh God, God stop, suffering. stop yeah. this recording now." <laughs> uh, well, she's from Manchester, uh, uh, so I. Sort of, he's from the blue side of Manchester, and my my son's a mad blues fan. So you're gonna have to you're gonna have to give me a pass on that. Uh, <laughs> but no, look, sport. I, I, I huge fan of sport. Playing sport when I was younger, 
coaching my my son's team here and and and, and watching sport out. Look, I, I really relax with sport. Prior to wanting to run a radio station, I wanted to be a rock star, so I used to sing. Or sorry, I still do, but I I sang in a, a famous famous in Donegal band called The Lost, which uh, we reformed after. 25 years recently, so I still enjoy that. Right in the to singing, Gareth. Yeah, look, the Christmas number ones. <laughs> but yeah, look, music and sport would be would be two passions I'd have. And, and what can the business world learn from those two spaces? I think, look, sport, there is so many crossovers. Uh, you know, we I know we're going to talk about high performance. You know, I have lots of uh, examples where, whether it's, you know Jim McGuinness, who 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 led Donegal to uh, an All Ireland. You know who I'd know from Donegal. You know, talking about the crossover of you know, strategy and purpose and goals and you know all those things that would have been central to everything that I was involved in in news talk. You know Paul McGinley, the golfer, talking recently on the value of. Of mindfulness and, and and being in the moment and you know, all those things again that sports people use for their performance that I think business people recognize more and more now that you know to be the best CEO and to be the best leader in an organization you've got to understand that your performance is more than your balance sheet. You've given some great examples of people in high performance. We want to get down to the core of it and what it means to you. So what does high performance mean to Garrett Hart? I suppose maybe let me talk about what what it meant for me for years and what it means for me now. And and you know for years I would have viewed high performance very much in terms of business, the balance sheet, revenue, growth metrics. And you know, and that was very much exclusive about hitting audience targets. And revenue targets in in, in 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 the business I was in. If you if you achieve the monthly targets, then you were peak performance. Have a not so good month, and you deem that as a failure or poor performance. Over time, you come to realize, as I said, there are so many other external factors that impact on those metrics that you have no control over. So a pandemic or economy not going well. So when I made the decision to step back was very much uh, around defining the measurement of success and uh, you know and high performance for me then is about creating a purpose it allows you to have a more laser sharp focus on your value it's about uh, the game plan and it's about the need to disrupt your purpose on a regular basis to reinvigorate your value you know and that's setting yourself challenges but achievable goals to allow you to to enhance that measurement of success. Garrett Hart, I, I was very fortunate to to meet you a couple of months ago at Common Purpose in the office of the Taoiseach. And yes. what, what you said echoed through about mentorship, you know, being a good ancestor, kind of echoing what someone like James Kerr would say. In in light of what Common Purpose do, I think I'd like to say myself and Kieran are both very grateful. Thank you for your time. We acknowledge everything you've done to date. And really looking forward to seeing what's next because we both admire you greatly and wishing you all the best. Stay fit, stay healthy. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you, Kieran. Thank you, David. I really enjoyed it. And best of luck with the podcast. Uh, Looking forward to more invigorating and insightful episodes. Thank you. Thanks very much. Take care. Bye, Gary. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode of Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat, a story of high performance. This was brought to you by Howora, a whole person wellbeing company founded and run from Dublin, Ireland. Find out more at howoralife.com, spelt H-A-U-O-R-A life.com. Please rate, review and share the podcast. Some people want it to happen. Some wish it would happen. Others make it happen. The GOAT, Michael Jordan.